Malcolm X once said, this is the media, an irresponsible media. It will make the criminal look like he is the victim and make the victim look like he's the criminal. If you aren't careful, the media will have you hating the people who are being oppressed and loving the people who are doing the oppressing. This sort of propaganda tactic that I would call psychological warfare. Malcolm X also said the media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the power to make the innocent guilty and make the guilty innocent. And that's power because they control the minds of the masses. This all works perfectly for what we're going to study today and what we usually study on this podcast. Because if you pay close attention to the media, they will reveal their hand and they'll accidentally tell you the truth. I'm DJ Motri of the Black Equity Network. And as always, welcome to the Black Equity Podcast. Welcome to another great episode of the Black Equity Podcast. Man, oh man, the last few days have been some of the craziest times in national media history. But it gives us an opportunity to really study this thing and really pay attention to all the moving parts. And it's something I just can't ignore. If you know anything about this podcast, you know most times we're taking a story, we're dissecting that story, and we're looking at the black equity within inside that story. Other times, we bring the story to life by having 
interviews with people who are on the ground living day to day, and they're actually part of black equity. They have a company, they have a business, they have some type of stake in a particular area that impacts the black community. So we try to hit it from different angles, whether it be dissecting a story or actually creating a story by having a conversation with people who are part of the story. And so I'm paying close attention to how the national media has been handling um, the death of Kobe Bryant. Now, what we did on our podcast is we had an episode called Energy Never Dies. And if you want to go back and check that out, because I know a lot of people are coming on today because this is going to be a very hot topic. So this may be your first time on the Black Equity Podcast. This may be your first time pressing play. Um, so I want to invite you to listen to our other 276 episodes. And particularly if you are interested in the roots of this dialogue, we had a conversation a few episodes back about how energy never dies, which was dedicated to uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant. And in that episode, we said before everybody kind of starts making their attacks on the legacy of Kobe Bryant, let's really look at, you know, death and how it really correlates and how energy never truly dies. It just finds a new home. But you can go listen to that episode on available on most streaming platforms. So the conversation has kind of shifted since that podcast episode. Since we released that, a lot of things that we thought would happen have. And I've I've watched the last few days, and I'm paying close attention to how the media is playing this game. The media is playing this game. And, and particularly, I'm paying attention to how black media is playing this game. Okay, before we do that, I want to talk about responsible journalism. It's what I want to do. And I don't I don't care, you know, how many years you've been writing and you know what your title or position is. I just want to look at what the definition of responsible journalism is and let's see what we can do there. Okay? Responsible being a responsible journalist. Make sure the sources of your information are reliable and trustworthy. Avoid using anonymous sources. Two, don't ever make up anything fake or anything like this. Like this, Even if it seems like a tiny, unimportant detail, fabrication of anything is unethical. Repeat, fabrication of anything is unethical. Be sensitive to politically correct language. Follow current non-offensive usage in reference to race, religion, age, sex, nationality, and physical or mental disable, disability. I'm sorry. Include a list of PC terms in your style book or policy manual. Minimize harm. Ethical journalists treat sources, subjects, and colleagues as human beings deserving of respect. Encourage sensitivity, especially when covering controversial or emotional topics. Your code of ethics should include warnings against uh, invasion of privacy, libel, disruption, copyright violation, hate speech, false advertising, fighting words, and other forms of expression not protected by the First Amendment. Also, act independently. 
Journalists should be free of obligation to any interest other than the public's right to know. The code should state that journalists will not receive favors or gifts from anyone associated with newspaper business. The public may perceive this as a way of these businesses influencing the newspaper or media channel. Okay? These are just some of the things that those who get into journalism, they practice and they adopt or supposed, supposedly adopt when it comes to being responsible journalists. Now, as you know, over the last few days, there's been a big uproar uh, between the interview with uh, Gail King uh, that she had on CBS, uh, where she was uh, interviewing and talking about the legacy of Kobe Bryant. By now, everybody knows that this has happened. Uh, we are not the first person to talk about this. This is days later after this has happened. Um, and, and from that, there's been a, a lot of backlash. Uh, if you paid attention, uh, there was uh, backlash from uh, popular names like Snoop Dogg and 50 Cent, all because they didn't like the way uh, Gail King handled the interview. Now, let's talk a little bit about the interview before we get into uh, unmasking the national media. So the interview was with uh, WNBA star Lisa Leslie, one of the legends uh, in basketball. And she sat down with Gail King and she was asked about the 2003 sexual assault allegation against Kobe Bryant. And so as that was happening, what we find is Gail King uh, kept probing at the topic, which, you know, okay, that's fine, I guess. She kept probing at the topic. She kept trying to figure out uh, how Lisa Leslie felt about Kobe's legacy and were we wrong to even go down this path. And uh, Lisa Leslie said something to the effect of she wouldn't she wouldn't uh, believe that Kobe could do something like this. She she's never seen any signs of this. And I think where it got a everybody got a little uncomfortable a lot uncomfortable, is when Gail King says, well, Lisa Leslie, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know if he was doing anything. I think that's the moment where everybody's next turn, everybody looked back and said, wait a second, what's going on here? And so there's been several articles written within the last few days by national media. And a lot of these national media have come to the aid of Gail King. And they've come to the aid of Gail King with the um, perspective of journalism. For example, Black Enterprise is uh, writing a headline that says Gail King did what every good journalist is supposed to do, her job. And it was written by Alfred Edmund Jr., and last time I checked, I do follow him on Twitter. And uh, he seems like a, a good guy through Twitter or whatnot. Uh, but I've never met him. I don't know him. But a lot of great stories come out of Black Enterprise. And I share them on my LinkedIn. And sometimes we share them on our Instagram over at Black Equity Network on Instagram. 
so here are some of the things that were just highlighted. And of course, you can go to blackenterprise.com to check out uh, you know, this article. It is an opinion article. And so what uh, Alfred Edmund Jr. says is uh, he highlights avoiding the question out of respect. If you are a serious journalist, you cannot avoid the painful questions and topics. Uh, another thing that he highlights is waiting for the right time to ask the questions. He then says there is virtually no such thing as too soon for a journalist to ask a question. Okay. And then accepting the initial response to the question and moving on. Good journalists are trained to press beyond the initial response to a question, especially with respect to difficult and complex topics. Okay, fair enough. He also says, somebody's got to do it. He says, with rare exception, journalists are either taken for granted or hated. Very few people appreciate or even recognize good journalism. Okay, all of these are true. Now, I posted on Twitter the other day that I disagreed with this article. I didn't give any context to why I disagreed with it, but here's why I disagree with this particular article. And then I have a couple more articles that are uh, being pushed out and published that I'm going to break down as well. The reason why I don't really agree with this article is there's no context to what's really going on here. See, what Brother Alfred Edmund Jr. on BlackEnterprise.com, and by the way, uh, he is the Senior Vice President and Executive Editor at Black Enterprise, with nearly four decades of experience as an award-winning journalist and editor, including 13 years as Editor-in-Chief of Black Enterprise Magazine. So this is one of the the big dogs at Black Enterprise. And I, I want to make sure that everybody knows that what I'm saying I am very aware of who I'm speaking to and about, okay? The reason why I don't necessarily agree with this article is plain and simple. It is written in a vacuum. (laughs) It's written in a isolated situation where we're only talking about what a good journalist would do, and it's using Gail King as a way to mask is using Gail King as a way to mask that she's a journalist and that's all that is going on here. That's what's a little scary about this. What's really scary about this entire article is there's no context at all of the lead up of what Gail King was doing. It simply says Gail King is a journalist. This is not a defense, just a statement of fact. So it starts off saying Gail King is a journalist. And for the most part, uh, it then goes to uh, the, the different ways that a good journalist can coexist in this space. And all these points are correct. There's nothing about the points that are incorrect. But I'm trying to figure out what they have anything to do with this situation. Now, why do I say that? I want you to head over to blackenterprise.com. And I want you to find the article, Gail King did what every good journalist is supposed to do, her job. And I'll do my best to include the link on the show notes as well. So you can get to this easily. The problem is... 
it puts journalism into a vacuum and it just specifically looks at journalism. Now, since this is an opinion piece, that actually gives us the leeway to kind of look at everything that's been going on. But see, this article doesn't mention, and if it does, someone please call me out on it. It doesn't mention R. Kelly. It doesn't mention that she's best friends with Oprah. It doesn't mention (laughs) that Oprah was a producer over... um, the Michael Jackson documentary. It doesn't mention that less than a week ago that Oprah was on uh, the same show, uh, CBS uh, in the morning, where she was talking about uh, the reason why she had to pull out of the Russell Simmons documentary. And Gail Simmons, or I'm sorry, Gail King was sitting right there uh, to help her explain that. It doesn't mention the context of what led up to the outrage. It would be as if Gail King just popped out of nowhere. We don't know who she is. She has, there's no context to who she is. And she's just a good journalist asking really good questions in an isolated incident that has nothing to do with anything. And that is where this article and many others missed the mark. Everybody's looking at this isolated incident, not seeing the full story or... (laughs) or they do see the full story and they're refusing to give us the full story. And so let's look at another article that we can look at and see who else is doing the same thing. Who else in the national media, and today we're looking at national black media. That's the crazy part. This is black media. And they're only really giving the perspective of only the journalist side because they are journalists. And so, in a way, they're biased to their own biases. They they are looking at this story from if they were in that seat. But that's not the story here. I mean, technically, the story can be whatever you decide for it to be. The story is whatever you decide for the narrative to be. But to me, the story isn't about Gail King sat down with Lisa Leslie and asked a couple of different, you know, hard questions. And she's a really good journalist. And that's what her job was. That's not the story here. The story is, what have y'all been doing for the last two or three years where this seems to be an ongoing narrative between you and your best friend? That's the story. And to mask the story behind journalism, ah, what a missed opportunity by Black Enterprise. What a missed opportunity by several different Outlets, another one being Essence. So I came across an article with with Essence and and Gail King, and I want to dive into that too. The article reads, we don't need to destroy Gail King to preserve Kobe Bryant's legacy. Okay? And it's written by Allison Majivna. 
I want to dig into this article as well on Essence.com. And I'm going to do my best to have both of these articles in the show notes. And I want to unmask once and for all what's really going on here. Because I have a sneaky suspicion that both platforms know exactly what the story is. But they're pretending like they don't. So when we pull up the Essence.com article, (laughs) both of these articles are written really close to each other. And I'm just so shocked that that both of these well-respected platforms got it totally wrong. Now, let me make sure I say this correctly, because I know they're listening. I know Essence.com is listening. I know BlackEnterprise.com is listening because I tagged them on the episode. So I know they're listening. And so I want to make sure I say this correctly. You can write about whatever you want to write about. (laughs) Who am I to tell you what to write about? Right? I mean, we're just the general public. But wait, wait one second. Didn't we pull up what responsible journalism was? And wasn't one of the things inside of responsible journalism that uh, you give the public exactly what they're looking for? I could have sworn that's what one of the things was, with being responsible journalist. And also not to fabricate anything, because that would be unethical. So, DJ, what exactly was fabricated? Gail King said in her interview, towards the end of the questioning, you can go back and watch the clip with Lisa Leslie. She said that the the victim in the case, he settled out with the victim. He settled out with the victim. The definition of victim. Because this is a very important distinction. And it says here, a victim is a person harmed, injured, or killed as a result of a crime, accident, or other event or action. One of the key things for a responsible journalist is don't ever make up anything or fake anything, even if it seems like a tiny, a tiny unimportant detail. A tiny, a tiny, they make sure they say tiny, unimportant detail. Fabrication of anything is unethical. Anything. But she called someone a victim that wasn't proven to be a victim. After she went on and on about this particular topic. Now, Black Enterprise is saying, well, you know, it's never too soon. Okay, fine. Black Enterprise is saying, well, you know, sometimes you got to ask the tough questions. Okay, fair. Can't disagree with that. But Black Enterprise refuses to state that she left out an important detail here or she added a detail, a tiny, a tiny little detail. Very tiny. That was a fabrication. 
Because that would discredit her entire interview, wouldn't it? Huh. So then we go to Essence.com. And it says, we don't need to destroy Gail King to preserve Kobe Bryant's legacy. The treatment of Gail King over the last 48 hours is a case study in the inability to critique black women without tearing them down in the process. So the reason why they're upset is because Snoop Dogg came out of nowhere on social media and he called her a, uh, this is quoting from the article here. Snoop Dogg was more graphic with his calling her a funky dog head B-word, who should watch herself before we come get you. Erin Lennox, a victim of misogyny herself, just weeks ago, shifted to being an aggressor without hesitation, labeling Gail King a coon in a profanity-laced tirade. Bill Cosby, serving time in prison after being convicted of raping and drugging women, took to Twitter to drag King, or someone from his camp did it in his name. LeBron James framed his by calling for protection of Lisa Leslie, no doubt at the expense of King. Huh. But here's the thing that Essence fails to... They fail to mention that Gail King made a tiny fabrication. See, the fabrication is tiny, so everybody has ignored... (laughs) they have ignored that the entire interview is thrown away. The entire interview doesn't even count because there's a tiny fabrication in it. Instead of saying the alleged victim or the alleged this, she said the victim in the case as if Kobe Bryant was convicted. As if he was part of a conspiracy, uh, a criminal conspiracy. She called the person a victim. That tiny fabrication throws away the entire interview. But Black Enterprise won't talk about that. Essence.com is not talking about that. The national media is not saying that. The national media is rather reporting that Oprah is going on NBC to say that Gayle King has received death threats. And that Gayle King is is in fear for her life. And she's just totally uh, at a loss of words because Bill Cosby is tweeting from prison. No mention of the fabrication. No mention that when you have a fabrication, you don't have responsible journalism. And when you don't have responsible journalism, it's kind of hard to dictate how the public, which is who you supposedly work for when you're a journalist, is going to respond. We live in a new era. We now live in an era where the tiny, the, the, the tiny, tiny, tiny fabrications are just sweeping by. And it makes you wonder, why is this? So this weekend, this past weekend, there was a new documentary that came out. And it talked about who killed Malcolm X. 
And at the same time that I was preparing for this episode, it made me think about Malcolm X and some of the quotes that he had about the media. They're some of the best quotes about the media. They've always circulated online. They've always circulated. He said that the media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the power to make the innocent guilty. The innocent guilty. And to make the guilty innocent. And if if I'm looking at that tiny fabrication, that's what Gail King did. And if what I'm saying is true, and you can go fact check it, listen to the interview, find out if that tiny fabrication is there or not. And if that tiny fabrication is there, I want you to go dig and find it for yourself. If that tiny fabrication is there, then that means she turned the innocent guilty and the guilty innocent. And that would make everything that Alfred Edmund Jr. is talking about in the black enterprise irrelevant. It would make everything that's going on in Essence.com irrelevant. And instead, they would need to write a retraction and give a different opinion about responsible journalism and tiny fabrications. Now, the question is, which one's going to do it first? Will it be Black Enterprise or will it be Essence? And when they do write a retraction and add in that there was a tiny fabrication to the interview, will they note that they got their information from the Black Equity Podcast? These are just questions that I would wonder if I were them. Because if they don't retract, the stories. Now they are participating in unethical journalism because they decided to run with stories protecting Gail King. They decided, well, we're going to take the stance of protecting Gail King, which is fine. But you also then have to run a story that tells the truth that she fabricated a part of her interview. Even if it was a tiny little bit, the tiniest fabrication makes it unethical and it makes the entire interview irrelevant. And it's not something we can even use going forward. Now, I don't expect CBS to put a retraction out because that would mean they have to referee themselves. But when you're looking at the media and you're paying attention to how they are fidgeting and fibbing the numbers, it makes you wonder, why did both of these platforms rush to the aid of Gail King when she's the one who has fabrications within her story? Well, we told you in the beginning of this podcast around the first 20 episodes that all you have to do is follow the money. And a lot of people are going to follow the money to Oprah and Gail King. 
it it may serve them best to be on the side of Oprah and Gail King than to be on the side of other people they don't have ties to. It may be best to side with the journalist in their industry than to side with the public. Even though black enterprise in essence is supposed to be independent and supposed to serve the public, they ignore the tiny fabrication and decided to serve their own self-interest. These aren't just regular reporters. These are the best of the best. They pulled out the best of the best from their platforms. And it actually gives us an opportunity to question their motives. Because Malcolm X once said, this is the media, an irresponsible media. It will make the criminal look like he's the victim and make the victim look like he's the criminal. And if you aren't careful, the media will have you hating the people who are being oppressed and loving the people who are doing the oppressing. This is sort of a propaganda tactic that I would call psychological warfare. But the psychological warfare doesn't work on me, Black Enterprise, and it doesn't work on me, Essence. Not when you have tiny fabrications inside Gail King's interview that just do not stand up to public sentiments. It's not public fact that she was a victim. She may be an alleged victim. She may be uh, the alleged accuser. But to call her a victim and to say, Lisa, you wouldn't know what he was doing. It all pushes towards a guilty motive than to call the man innocent. That's what you were leaning towards. That's what you were pressing towards, Gail. And instead of Essence and Black Enterprise standing for journalism, they decided to go towards popularity. They decided to look at Gail King's name and they ignored her era. Or did they? Could it be they saw the era and just hoped that we missed it? Is it possible that they hope that the Black Equity Podcast wouldn't be airing this episode and that it would all get swept underneath the rug? But see, that's why this platform exists. Because someone has to call it down the middle. I don't give a damn about Gail King. I don't give a damn about Oprah. I have no allegiance to the black enterprise. I have no allegiance to essence. I have allegiance to the truth. And the truth is, Gail King called that interview because she had an agenda. This has nothing to do with just Kobe Bryant. There is an agenda going on in mainstream media, particularly with Gail King and Oprah Winfrey. And they have their sights set on taking down every black man they possibly can 
for whatever reason, we don't know. But at some point, if all the black media is going to cave to Oprah and Gail King when they make tiny fabrications, we may never know why Gail King and Oprah are doing this. Because right now the mask is on. The mask is on. And if you're not paying attention, you'll let the tiny fabrications sweep by. But what we will continue to do is watch and pay attention to how media outlets spin the story to their favor and how they try to put a narrative out there to provide cover. Do I think Gail King received death threats? I don't know. I don't want Gail King to have death threats. I want her to answer to the tiny fabrications. I want her to answer to what her real agenda is. And I would love to know why, up to this point, there's been no deep dive into any non-black males in mainstream media on this particular topic. These are questions that we need to know. Now, in order to get to these questions and get to these answers, you have to own your own platforms. You have to own your own media. And then you have to make sure that the people that you hire are not going to try to shoot you bail and tell you what good journalism is. But instead, (laughs) instead of explaining your philosophy, you should embody it. Instead of telling us how what good journalism is, be a good journalist. See, if you were a good journalist, essence and black enterprise. Yeah, I said it. If you were a good journalist, you would have spotted. The fabrication. And then your entire piece would be about the fabrication. But you were so worried about telling us about good journalism and how we should uh, treat black women in media that you missed why the people were outraged. You missed why the general public had this reaction. Or maybe you didn't miss it at all and you hoped we missed it. Either way, we, re- we anticipate a retraction within the next 24 hours. I'm DJ Motri of the Black Equity Network, and welcome to another great episode of Black Equity Podcast. If you are a Black-owned business or an investor and you would like to advertise on our show, Go ahead and send us a message at djm at djmoultrie.com. Now, back to the show. Let's dive into another review 
on my journey for mympu.org. As you know, uh, for this month, I want to make sure we're going through my experience. I've been granted complete access to mympu.org. And for those who don't know, it's an opportunity for those who are interested in entering the government contracting space uh, to learn the different processes and the ways of acquiring government contracts. And on this particular review, I just want to go over module three uh, that we uh, have and also uh, the uh, strategy sessions that we had lit leading up to this. Once again, the strategy sessions are awesome because uh, everybody that's part of the group, uh, we have a small group of about eight to ten people. Uh, sometimes it can be a little bit more. And we're all from different walks of life. We have people located in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia. Uh, I'm in Charlotte. And you got all these different people from all over the diaspora, uh, black America, who are looking to gain and acquire this knowledge. Now, on previous episodes, we talked about what acquiring is, and a lot of times we look at the economic value of something. But also, uh, acquire can be obtaining a type of skill, habit, or other valuable uh, characteristic that can make you more valuable, right? And so uh, knowing these particular skill sets outside of gaining the actual contract, they actually go hand in hand. See, when you acquire new skills, it then allows you to potentially acquire new uh, valuable economic pieces that you can put it put on the chessboard. So some of the skills that, that you're going to acquire uh, on this module three and, and through uh, communicating is the skill set of partnerships. I think that's one of the greatest things that we're learning um, from being in our strategy sessions and then also these modules is that these strategy sessions aren't just for us to, you know, just talk and, and get to know each other. But also, we're going to be able to team up with the different people in this circle and work together to acquire contracts together. And what we'll, what you're going to learn is by doing that, it's going to give us a, an advantage over other people who are going at it alone. That's the key here. If you're going at it alone, you, you have an opportunity to be successful. But if you have a strong team around you, it's really going to be difficult to not be successful if you put the right strategies in play and you actually study the system and the game of federal contracting. So in Module 3, uh, one of the biggest things that we're learning is the idea of teaming up. The idea of putting together teams, the idea of putting together partnerships, joint ventures, and the entire module is breaking down why these are important. From understanding team agreements, subcontracting, partnerships, joint ventures, uh, co-oping, developing, and public and private partnerships. These are all different things that you can do in order to uh, obtain a particular uh, advantage over other people. Now, why is it important to have this particular advantage? Well, you want to make sure that you put yourself in the best possible position that if you're going for a federal contract, that uh, you can ensure 
that you have the highest probability of receiving it. This increases your what I call your return on investment. And most of the time, your investment is your time. You don't want to put so much time into pursuing this contract, this contract, and this contract, and then you're not really sure if you're going to receive it or not. You want to be able to put the time in, the energy in, and then say, well, with this particular strategy, by teaming up with someone else, by putting together joint ventures, by doing these different skill sets, oh, I have a, I have a higher probability of gain, gaining that particular contract. So the, the thing that stood out to me was this idea of partnerships and joint ventures. Because on the private side, uh, the private business side, private enterprise side, this is actually improving that for me. Being able to reach out to someone and say, hey, let's partner together, let's work together. And that partnership immediately uh, makes me contract viable in a particular area. That is a key thing to learn. And so what I'm noticing here is we could actually partner with multi-million dollar companies who are already doing work within the contracting space. And because we've partnered with them, we immediately, we immediately share their credentials now. The things that they have been doing for the last 10 or 15 years, we now have access to because we've partnered with them. So for people who are not understanding the power of partnership, you get you get to have access to all the work that they've already done and they get to have access to all the skill sets and work that you've already done within an instant. And that gives you a complete advantage when you successfully put together partnerships. And in this module, what they're teaching us is how to put those partnerships together. That that skill set in itself is one of the greatest things of value that you're going to obtain in any space, whether you work with this or anything else. If you can understand how to put together partnerships, if you can understand how to put together joint ventures, that skill set is, is, is the most valuable skill set, in my opinion, that you can have. So I'm, I'm definitely enjoying learning the craft of partnerships to craft a joint venture. And a lot of what, what you're going to need is in this module. Even the documentation that you're going to need is in this module. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what else is happening. And as we're looking at, you know, the national media and different things like that, this may be a great opportunity if someone is looking to get into the national media side. Maybe you can gain a contract in that space. Maybe you can work with strategic partnerships in that space and you can figure out, well, how do we take back uh, the national media side of things, the broadcasting side, the TV channels? How do you get into that space within an instant? If that is something of interest to you, let us know. Head over to mympu.org and uh, let us know that you're interested and let's see what we can do. Thank you for listening to another great episode of the Black Equity Podcast, and I'll be talking to you again soon.